Consecrate us, Father, by the truth. Guide our minds by your Spirit, that we may understand your Scriptures, learn your will, and follow ever closer in the steps of your Word made incarnate, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Please do sit down. I think we might be getting a little bit of feedback here, so um, I'm going to turn my microphone off, but if you can't hear me, please wave and I'll put it back on. interested in making a different point because it's all about human beings. It's about temptation, disobedience and the consequences of that disobedience. And in short, therefore, it's about us, about our story, our situation, our life experience. It is a community's reflection on how they understood their experience of failure and their experience of brokenness. And it's just as relevant now as it was 
3,000 years ago. And the people of Israel and the church have understood this to reveal truth in some profound way, even if we don't see it as some kind of literal, yes, a reporter's account. Have you, have you ever had a relationship which has been broken or which has been wounded by temptation? Maybe theirs, maybe yours. Have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever been let down by someone else? Someone who was counting on you? I think all of us have some experience of this. And it is painful. Painful to be on the receiving end of, and it's shameful to be on the other side. And in both cases, when it happens, we withdraw. We pull away from the other person, the person we were close to, who we trusted, who trusted us, we turn away from them, perhaps not totally, but our relationship is damaged, wounded, impaired. And so it is with God, humanity. Each of us has impaired our relationship with God. And I say here, mindful of this reading from Genesis, that the Hebrew word, of man or mankind is Adam, Adam. We think of it sometimes as a first name, but here remember it's being used to be mankind as well, the personal but also everyone. Adam, this prototypical, this example of humanity is the one who succumbs to temptation and as a result Adam, humanity is the subject of divine justice. Our disobedience, our resistance to doing the things we're created to do, the things we are given gifts and talents and resources to accomplish our distractedness, our propensity to look aside from the important task before us to the trivial, to fleeting, soon exhausted sources of self-gratification. All of these break our relationship with our Maker, just like Adam expelled from Eden, the place where he encountered God so easily. But there's hope. For then comes Jesus. The Jesus of today's gospel, fully human, fully Adam, fully open to temptation, but who doesn't bend, who responds to temptation not with implosion, not even with a steely but regretful discipline, rising above what he really wants to give into. No. Jesus responds with love. 
the greatest love of all, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He says, no. And that's why Paul, in Romans, Paul, an observant Jew, writes that passage the way that he does, because Jesus is coming with that. Everything changes. The ages turn. The trespasses, the weaknesses of humanity are proven to not be the end of the story, to not be the only story. How? Because we have an existence. We know it's tr not true because we have Jesus. Jesus shows us that an alternative is present because he comes back from the dead on Easter morning. The Easter that this Lent, once again, is leading us to. As um, some of you may remember from um, I mentioned it the last time I was here, um, I used to be a magistrate, a, a justice of the peace in the East End of London. And I still remember some of the training especially the part that was related to sentencing. There's a, what they call a tariff, a tariff that's followed. And it's progressive. First-time offences are dealt with relatively leniently, but with further offending and rising severity, the penalty increases. Slap on the wrist, you might say, to start, and then at the other end of the spectrum, yeah, off to prison, time away at His Majesty's pleasure. Progressive. But in one way, this feels fair to us. And not just fair as a punishment, but also logical as an increasing disincentive to future bad behaviour. And then, once again, we have the topsy-turviness of God. Because we have the exact opposite of that described here. The opposite of what we see as fair. <coughs> Adam, humanity, Adam and Eve, fallible, fallen humanity, judged on the basis of one offence and a first offence of that. And then an eon, an eternity almost, full of follow-on offences, 3,000 years worth more, 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 unquestionable recidivism. Surely the tariff needs to be increased, then increased exponentially. Surely it's only logical, it's only fair. But what humanity gets from God is not fair, it's not punishment. As always with God, it has mercy and love. His judgment, his judgment on humanity is his son. He sends his son as our judgment. And with him, he sends new life. Rather than coming to lock us up, Jesus comes to set us free, <coughs> free even from death.
Lent, as you may know, begins on Ash Wednesday. And this year, the Gospel text for the day, you may have heard it read here four days ago, was that of the passage that we sometimes call the woman taken in adultery. It comes from John chapter 8. You might remember the story. A woman has committed, which under the Jewish law is regarded as a capital offence, subject to death. Death by stoning, which is very, very, very nasty. The evidence is irrefutable. And the lawyers ask Jesus for a verdict to affirm what is just. And Jesus demurs. He writes on the ground with his finger. And finally he says, he says this, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. The Gospel writer goes on. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. <coughs> and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, and said to her Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. This is what our judge looks like. And his work, his judgment, makes us whole. But he asks for a response just as he did with that woman. And so, my prayer for you, for me, for all of us, is that this Lent may be a blessed and holy time for each of us. A time when we, un when we come to understand yet further what our response should be and have the will to act accordingly. And whatever that response may be, be in no doubt, forgiveness and generosity and healed relationship will be at its very heart. This is my prayer. This is my hope. This, I believe, is what God longs for from each other to help us along that journey. To him who loves us and cleanses us from our sins and who makes us new. To him be glory and dominion forever.